Hey guys, welcome to Murder Blows. This week, we are going to get some history lessons from Maisie. Uh, I really love this story. It's about Cathay Williams. This okay. is Cody, and I am joined by... Maisie. Sasha with too many mute buttons. And Violet. Play that intro music. story short post selfies of yourself wearing masks to brainwash people into thinking masks are normal and by brainwash i mean to help them accept common sense to wear a fucking mask that's what they're afraid of though they're afraid of it being normalized like i mean we should do it anyway right people are like well it doesn't help and i'm like the CDC it doesn't help when half of the it doesn't help when half of you aren't wearing a mask. Like hey, and then that's oh, my favorite problem. my favorite posts are like not really I'm being sarcastic. Are the ones are like, Well, you're wearing a mask, so you shouldn't be worried. No. No It doesn't you work. You're the one not wearing a mask. So you're if you talk or sneeze or cough, your droplets are on me. I am the one that's not protected. I am protecting you by wearing my mask. That's how that works. Yeah. Just had to get that off my chest. I'm mad because the WHO says that they can't confirm that the virus is transferred in airborne droplets. This is where it gets fucked up, though. They agree that it can be spread by coughing or sneezing and that the droplets have to go through the air. But they refuse to call them airborne because they're scientists. And they don't think that they're airborne particles. They're, like, projected but that's confusing people into saying, oh, it doesn't spread through the air. It does spread through the air, you dumb shits. It just does it in water. Wear a mask. I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's... I don't even have to deal with the public. I get to stay home, but... Um, yeah, nothing... Nothing really new to report on my end. I'm off Facebook right now. I I deleted the app from my phone, and I don't remember my login, so I'll probably never get back into it. Oh, that sounds so nice. Um, Because I tried to send you a TikTok, Maisie, and it won't let me because I don't have a phone number registered. And I'm like, I register my phone number. No, on TikTok. Oh. It's weird. It was a woman raiding... Tinder dating profiles of guys with fish in their profile picture. She was like, I don't like this fish. It's floppy <laughs> and small. So funny. I've seen I've seen a couple of TikToks where people have like a they're doing like a social distancing drinking game, but they've got uh <laughs> the one I saw was really cool because they had like a white sheet on the side of a house. And they had screen projected someone's phone onto that white sheet, and they were going through Tinder. And if the guy had like a picture with a shirt off, that was a shot, or like with a dog, that was a shot. Oh my <laughs> I don't god. know. Are they hammered? It was just funny. <laughs> oh my god. But 
Yeah, uh, Facebook's been great because I'm not on it. And then I've been more active on Twitter, and now my dad's on Twitter. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't care. I'm still going to say what I want. Block your dad. It's time to block your dad. I'm telling then, you. I don't th- he only commented on the one that I was like, should I get rid of Facebook? And he's like, it's been great for me and my anger management. <laughs> like, I bet. Okay. <laughs> Are you so drunk fighting your daughter? Fine. This is how the world shouldn't be. I literally just posted a selfie with me in a mask trying to normalize wearing a mask because the rest of the fucking world seems to get it. And I wrote, being kind to humans shouldn't be a political statement. And I was waiting all day for my stepdad to make a comment. All day. He did not. No, they don't want to deal with My mom liked the picture. Uh, didn't say anything. Yeah. I don't know if my mom feels that way. I think she just agrees because she likes him. Not sure. People normalize changing your opinions is all I'm gonna say. Dude, that needs With, to be when you have new information. Exactly. For real. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's and there's so much information available and you gotta decide, you know, what information you need to follow. Like wearing a mask. Exactly. Well, speaking of information you should learn but didn't know, do you guys want to hear my thing? Do it. Okay, so we're going to learn something today. Um, I'm excited. This is the category of Black History We Didn't Know We Didn't Know, um, which is an unofficial category that I'm naming right now. So I heard this on a podcast called The Black History Buff Podcast, and normally their episodes look like they're anywhere between... 20 minutes to 40 minutes and this was like a tiny episode blitz they call them a black history blitz oh we're gonna talk about this lady named kathy williams so it's spelled c-a-t-h-a-y and so if you listen to multiple like podcasts or whatever you're gonna hear kathy or kathy so i don't know how to say it i'm gonna say kathy because that's how it's spelled but i'm not trying to do an accent that's just how it's spelled um okay so Kathy Cathay Williams was born into slavery in Independence, Missouri in 1842. I just realized that Independence, Missouri was a place, and that's very ironic. Oh my god, the irony. <laughs> what the fuck? The first sentence. <laughs> um, oh my god, I'm sick to my stomach. Okay. So she was born to a mother that was a slave, and her father was a free man. So because her mother was a slave, that meant she was also a slave. Um, She worked as a house slave for William Johnson, who was a planter in Jefferson City, Missouri, until he died. Um, Kind of a little while after the Civil War broke out, she was freed by Union soldiers, and she went to work for the Federal Army as a paid servant. So in this specific area, what happened is when the Union soldiers freed these slaves they were like you're free but you should probably come work for the army so you can have like a job or whatever it's just like gonna be you'll have three hots and a cot essentially it's gonna be totally fine and it was a way to do like essentially a paid servant so while working she at this time was it seems all of this is so old it's not really sure her age it's we know we're in the 1800s but there's not a lot of record about her specific ages during these certain times 
Um, it's believed that she was around like 15 years old when she started to work as a paid servant. So while working, she served Colonel Thomas Hard Benton while he was at Little Rock, Arkansas. And she was also serving under General Philip Sheridan and his staff. So during that time, she was going to see military life firsthand as um, being a cook and a laundress. And she got to travel with them. And so she witnessed the Shenandoah Valley raids in Virginia. They traveled to Iowa, St. Louis, New Orleans, and Savannah and Macon, Georgia. So she got to go all around. Um, when the war ended, Cathay wanted to... She wanted to be financially independent, and she didn't want to have to really depend on anyone else for anything. So she decided that the best way to do that was to enlist in the military, in the Army. Um, at that time, this is, we're in November of 1866, it is not legal for a woman of any color to join the military, the Army. So we've got a full-on Mulan situation going on. So, I forgot what year, but around that year, um, Congress had um, allowed for there to be troops of African Americans. So she gets enlisted, she passes, because they don't really have, they just have like a, a very like general medical exam. So if you can point a gun and walk you're pretty good to go there's not anything really right about her being female though she did but like the doctor didn't know this no huh no about a thorough exam that's cool yeah yeah so let's see she joins the 38 u.s infantry the 38th company a in st louis missouri is when she starts um yeah, she's found to be fit for duty. There were only two people that knew who she really was, a cousin of hers and a friend of hers that were in the same infantry with her, and they kept her secret. So she she told her recruiting officer that she was a 22-year-old cook, and he described her as 5'9 with black eyes, black hair, and black complexion. Um, On February of... 1867, Williams was sent to Jefferson Barracks, Missouri. A few months later in April, troops marched from Fort Kelly, Kansas. Um, by June, they were moving again to Fort Harker, Kansas. The next month, they go to Fort Union in New Mexico. More than 500 miles they walked. On September 7th, the regiment moved from Fort Cummings, New Mexico, arriving on October 1st. And they were stationed there for eight months. And they were protecting miners and traveling um, immigrants from the Apache attack. Uh, so what, on a couple of podcasts I listened to, they were saying that obviously the having like a black infantry or African-American infantry was new. So they had white supervisors, white generals, blah, blah, blah. And they sent most of the black infantries out towards the West to kind of, so they would have to deal with natives, essentially. Um, so they're just, like, they're 
marching all over the place. They end up in New Mexico. Let's see where I'm at. Which I thought was interesting because, you know, like the white man's like, go over here, do the dirty work. So I don't have to. Lines up, you know. <laughs> Cathay went under the name William Cathay. So she switched her names around. And for two years, she was perceived to be a male. And she is she is known as being the first African-American woman to enlist in the U.S. Army. So what essentially ends up happening is that she, over her two years of serving, she's had these different illnesses. She's got, like, diabetes. She had some, like, nerve issues or whatever, and she's in and out of the doctors. And it's so – that's part of the reason why it's so crazy that no one ever noticed that she was a woman – and it just really shows, like, what the medical, like, infirmary scene really looked like back then and how kind of lax it was. And at one point, towards the end of her military... Well, they probably, like, since she since she was black, they probably kind of, like... That's another thing, like... Her aside. Well, yeah, they, like... Re- they still do that now, so... Yeah. Well, that's another thing that's known as, like, resources for these um, African-American troops. They were just, like subpar if even there at all so um towards the end of her military career she gets diabetes and she has to have all of her toes amputated which is crazy so she has to have a cane or like a a crutch um let's see i lost my spot and it's when they perform that surgery that they discover that she was a woman so on October 14th of 1868, who was known as William Cathay, was honorably discharged from the army with a certificate of disability. And um, they talk about how long she's been in her command, which she only served for two years. What's interesting, though, is when the surgeon basically reported her The captain stated that Williams had been under his command since May 20th of 1867 and that she, or that has been, that they've been feeble in both physically and mentally and much of the time quite unfit for duty. The origin of his infirmities is known to me. And that was a quote from the surgeon. So basically the surgeon is saying, calling her a him and saying like he's always been super weak so that's why we're discharging him oh yeah um and they were like he's continually sick and you know that's that's why we're doing this and had there was no even so even though the surgeon reported her for being a woman there was no documentation that she was a woman uh, so Let's see. So she's discharged. And it was not looking like it was going to end up this way. She wasn't very well regarded by her commanding officer, but she was, in the end, honorably discharged with the legacy of being the first and only female um, Buffalo soldier to serve. Um, When she left, she went to cook uh, at Fort Union in New Mexico from 69 to 70. 
and she moved to Pueblo, Colorado, where she worked as a laundress, and she finally settled in Trinidad. She did get married, but he stole from her and took, like, all of her horses and, like, a hundred bucks, and she was like, I'm, you're, you're done, so she called the police and had him arrested, whatever police looked like in 1869. Probably better than fucking police we're working with, man. God. Um, let's see. She... I mean, the rest of her life, she was just doing jobs, just trying to survive. And she ended up passing away sometime between 1892 and 1893, they think. But after she served, she got attention from a um, reporter out of St. Louis. And he ended up doing an interview with her. That's obviously all only written because it was in the 1800s. But that was the only somehow her story got leaked in St. Louis and that's the only kind of like interview she ever done about it. So her legacy really came to light after the fact, but still you have a woman that was just trying to survive because she didn't want to depend on anyone. And the only way she felt like she could do that is by pretending to be a man and going into the army and she served and she did not get the credit that she deserved. And so I'm just giving her story a little bit more light. But there are a lot of other podcasts ran by um, people of color and black people that are doing history right now. And it's actually really, really cool. So one I got from is the History Buff. There is The Lives of Women in History. Um, I listened to one that's called... (laughs) So the podcast is called Gays at the National Parks. But the episode itself... It, it seems like a like a LGBTQ plus podcast, and they talk about her there. Um, oh, I listened to one called The Group Project, I think, and that was a good time. But, yeah, I think it's important right now that we learn things that we're definitely not taught in our schools, and it's also important to lift up some other POC voices right now, and that's one of them. Oh, another history podcast that I recommend that didn't cover this, but they cover all kinds of stuff. Actually, they're pretty new, so they will eventually. But I think it's literally called Things Not in Your History Book. That wasn't in my history book is what it's called. I love that. Because rich white people write history books. Well, they approve which history books go into school. Yeah. Also, the thing I never noticed but learned, oh, I don't know, a month ago, is that all those pictures of like MLK and black and white were to make it seem like it was such a long time ago and it wasn't and that's bullshit. Yep, that was fucking color photography. Yeah. I'm losing it. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when I learned that Rosa Parks wasn't the first one to protest sitting on No! I just can't. It's wild. It's wild. But yeah, so that's that's Kathy Williams doing it. That's pretty awesome. Oh yeah. She got some balls. She did. And that's the thing, like, people are like, how did she hide it for so long? Like, you know, you don't really get privacy when you're in the military in the 1800s. People are probably real cool. <laughs> I don't know, she gotta sleep right next to him? What if you get your period? Like, That's wild to think about. Like, there's so many things about being a lady. Like, what, I mean, she was 5'9", I'm gonna make an assumption that she was busty. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. She's got thick, hot uniforms. I love it. I'm so... I mean, okay, I hate that 
I'm going to frame it positively that she took, like, the freedom that she deserved. Yeah. But also, she didn't really get anything in return. So, one thing I skipped was um, when, after she was discharged, she had been on her own for a little while. She was like, I'm not making enough money. So, she goes to the military office and is like, hey, can I sign up for a pension? And even though, at this time that she went to the office, women were allowed to fight... Um, when she had served, women were not allowed. So she was denied pension. And they were like, you also don't have any disabilities. And she's like, I don't have any fucking toes, my guy. So, yeah, she died. It said, it's believed that she passed away shortly after she was denied a pension. It, her whole life was just about survival. That's so crazy. Yeah. Try and anyway. like sit on like the hero complex because we do this a lot where we're like, look how strong this person was, but look how strong this person was. Like, right? Jesus Christ. I think it's deserved. This one, yeah, this one for sure. I don't think anyone should have to suffer the same way, and we should actively work to not do that. But yeah, but yeah. And uh, another important distinction that the history books don't tell us is that. Like, slavery is not actually all the way abolished. It's still okay as punishment for a crime, which is why there's prison labor. Yeah, buddy. So. Oh, they're doing, Reveal is doing a podcast about that because apparently, um, um, what are they called? The treatment plans for, like, when you're, um, addicted to drugs and stuff, rehabs, they're Mm -hmm. still doing that. (laughs) Yeah. Treatment plans. Yeah. I'm with it right now. Can you tell? And then, um, let's see, somebody else, the NPR Code Switch did a really good podcast about this girl that was um, searching her family tree to find out, like, where her last name came from. And I'm not going to spoil it or anything, so y'all just have to listen to that. But it was one of the more recent episodes of NPR's Code Switch, and it was really good. I love that podcast. Oh, man. If you guys are bored and want to feel empowered I highly recommend that you go through the Smithonian Smithsonian's tweets on the 4th of July oh. where they're like uh, here is where Adam Hancock wrote the Declaration of Independence don't forget he owned over 600 people during his life <gasps> oh. and yeah he went off they went off um, whoever their social media person is someone responded I mean, we can't really do that. Like, it's it's different the way that the things work now. Like, it was like a different country. And he, like, the Smithsonian literally replied with, like, here's more shitty things he did and, like, linked them to an article about how, like, bad he was. Dang. So, wow. Which, there's, like, eight accounts for the Smithsonian. Which one, do you know? Wild. Um... No, but I can help you determine. <laughs> just, just let me know when you find it. Dun, dun, dun. Sorry, I'm still on KW Miller for K-pop. Um, yeah. I don't know if it's the one, this one or the magazine one. Okay, it is just at Smithsonian. No. Oh, it okay. says... Uh, in 17, oh, it's Thomas Jefferson, not Adam, Adam Hancock, my bad. Uh, in 1776, Thomas Jefferson wrote the Declaration of Independence on this portable desk, which is now in the History Museum. 
While his words outlined the ideals of a new nation, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, he enslaved more than 600 people in his lifetime. And so then they point instead to Frederick Douglass's speech about, um, you know, what is, what to the slave is the 4th of July. So they're pointing in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Um, And the person, this very white person, which ironically is using Mm. the filter that Obama used for his campaign. That like red and blue. Oh, like like the change? Yeah. It looks like the change poster. She writes, hey, how about trying to teach history by celebrating the founders of this great nation for their achievements, not their flaws? The past is a foreign country. They do things differently there. And they responded, in NMAHC and TJ Monticello's exhibition, The Paradox of Liberty, you can read what Jefferson wrote in favor of abolition while continuing to enslave people over the course of his life and what he called the deplorable entanglement of slavery. Link. Oh, yeah. It is history. It's just not the one you like to hear about, my guy. And we don't need to teach people. And this is this is a thing too. Like we don't need to teach people that our founders were perfect. Everyone makes mistakes. We need to normalize the fact that we learn and get better. And it's like that's a thing that we used to do. We don't do that anymore because it's Mm -hmm. not cool. Yeah. Do you guys remember, like, in elementary history, I just want to know if other schools did this or if it was just mine. I know we've had these conversations before, but, like, did your elementary history teachers really push the, like, we live in the greatest country in the world speech? Yeah. Okay. I I was wondering if that was, it, it, they literally brainwashed us with that. Well, then, like, like, I don't know about your parents, but my dad says that shit i'm like where oh like, yeah in writing where my dad literally believes like like we live in the best country ever and all these people fought for our freedoms and you know yeah it's just yeah sad sad mm. just wondered mm-hmm I, I really hope they stop pushing that. Like, I really hope they're just like, um, you know, sometimes this is a good place to live and sometimes it's not. Other countries have better health care than we do. Well, you have millennials as teachers now, so. Like Cuba. Cuba has better health care than us. Like, oh. even Bernie Sanders got ripped apart for being like, uh, for like propping up Cuba in their literacy program. And I was like, well, they have a good literacy program. Like, they have good health care. You I know? Mean, like- <laughs> we, live, we live in a world where Gabby Anna thinks her book is curriculum on poetry. And then that's just not the truth. Lies everywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, if a country has good health care, say they have good health care. If a country has shitty health care like we do, say we have shitty health care. Like, stop sugarcoating everything. Just just my opinion. But that was very educational and I loved it. I love learning crap. I love, love it. I do as well. Now is the right time. Oh, go ahead. (laughs) No, I was going to say, now is the right time for it. Yes. Did we lose Violet? I think she's here. No, I'm still here. Okay. Cool, cool. Just checking. Cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. 
to the day. Yeah, but that's all I got. I enjoyed that. I did. Yay! Stay learning. Yeah, we did it. And tweet us. Um, and if you're gonna learn anything, you know, if you got time to interrupt your learning to take care of yourself, a little self-care action. Maybe recommend that you do so with the grapeseed balm that comes from our friends at Blake's Day Labs. I've never met a more moisturizing product in my life. It's better than depression medication. That's not true. And then after I moisturize, I like to use the... Let's... Hold on. That's not the, the train I want to go down. After you finish moisturizing with the grapeseed balm, which is Arcadian, right? It is. There yeah. we go. Grapeseed balm comes from Arcadian. They're great. They do... Kind of like hair, pomade, fun stuff. They're wonderful. Everything's handmade in small batches and like personally shipped to you with beautiful labels and glass jars. It's wonderful. And then when you're done with your grapeseed balm, just go ahead and get the grapeseed toner from Blank State Labs and use that on your face to even out your skin. It's used to reduce redness, uh, provide extra moisturizer. It's basically the first level of moisture that you put on your skin and you should do that before you put on even more moisturizer. Because aging sucks, and I think 2020 is aging us a lot. A lot. Well, I'm pretty sure you 15%. just sold that to me, so good job. <laughs> you can save 15% by uh, using Code Murder Bless. All in wood. On both sites. Linked below in the description. Wherever your description box is. Kill me. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye. Take care of yourself. Drink some water. Bye. Learn something. Bye.